And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the Daily Ding. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. Go to theathletic.com slash NBA show and get the athletic for a discounted rate. With me tonight is my good friend, Mark Schindler. Mark, what's up? Andrew, we only have four games tonight. It feels like this is like the least busy Monday we've had ever. So, um, yeah, no, it I, yeah, it was, a, it was a good time, man. So I'm, I'm excited to dive into some stuff. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Mark, do you want the good news or the bad news? Probably rip the bad news off first. Yeah, we got to go with the bad news. This comes from our own Sham Sharania. He says, sources, there's a fear. Lakers star LeBron James is likely to miss an extended period of time with his right foot injury. James suffered the injury in Sunday's win over the Mavs. Uh, he played through it, and the belief is that he will be sidelined an indefinite amount. So they're expected to get multiple opinions on this injury, and the Lakers are currently bracing themselves for a multi-week absence. Uh, Mark, what does this mean for the 12th place, 29 and 32, 26 in strength of schedule, Los Angeles Lakers? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, number one, it just sucks. Uh, you yeah. never want to see any kind of injury whatsoever. Uh, luckily, I mean, it, it, like based off the wording, it wasn't good right away. Shams isn't going to report something like that in the way that he did if, um, if this is up in the air. Like, I think it's pretty clear that LeBron's going to miss significant time. Yep. Um, so yeah, that that sucks, especially after you see what they do yesterday. Like I know the beginning of that game was atrocious, and then you saw some of the things that make what this roster can be exciting. Um, I, I still like even when they're fully healthy, I have reservations about them as a quote unquote contender. But sure. I think this puts a lot. I mean, even more onus on 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 what Anthony Davis can do. Totally. I think I, I probably have a little bit more faith in this team being able to be okay, but like they needed to go significantly over 500 um, to really cement a spot that's outside the plane. Like they need to be outside the plane. Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes, <laughs> but yep. it's a, it's a, it's a big blow for a team that uh, really is trying to be in that six seat or higher range. And um, it definitely lowers the confidence level when that happening. Yeah, you look at the teams that are sitting above the Lakers currently. It's the Portland Trailblazers, who definitely want to be in the mix. It's New Orleans, who are at 10th now, who are just in a free fall, and we'll talk about them here in a bit. And then it's like some other teams that they're not on like completely sturdy ground, but like you just feel a little bit better about the Wolves and even the Jazz, who just continue to win games, kind of chip away at this. And then Golden State. And... It's this is kind of a rough scene for the Lakers because there's so many teams in the mix. It's not like they just have to jump like one team. There's 
there's a lot of teams in here that they're going to have to battle with, including the Thunder, who I don't think are going to go away. I know people are going to say the Thunder are going to stealth tank here, but I think Shea's going to come back relatively soon, and they're going to have to deal with them as well. And so Ooh. I, this is just really bad timing for the Lakers, who have kind of put things off. And if honestly, if you're the Lakers front office, this is probably why you're looking at each other saying, like, this is why we didn't trade both picks. Because if we did, like, I, th- I think the Lakers are probably screwed, and if you traded both picks, like you are doubly screwed. Um, so this it's a bummer situation. Obviously, you don't want to see the greats ever go down like that. But hopefully, LeBron is able to come back, and you know maybe Anthony Davis can keep their their heads above water. Uh, but it's really going to make uh, the end of this Lakers season probably a huge bummer. Yeah, without question. I think what's worth noting, too, like this entire year we've talked about how it's, you know, the top two in the West is what's really locked up. But now I think we're at the stage of like I'm comfortable saying like four and a half out of the top five seeds are locked up. Yeah, Um, it's going to depend on what the Clippers do and how they continue to put together. But their stretch of play since Kawhi has really gotten back to full strength has been I mean, they're, they're really starting to string some stuff together. Kevin Durant is coming back this week to, to the basketball court, so it's hard to feel like Phoenix is going to drop much. In Sacramento, man, like hey. I'm not saying that they're going to finish in the three seed. You and I did a pod on on Saturday Slam and Jam. Like, gosh, it feels like a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And I said that that, that I, I believe the Sacramento Kings were a playoff lock. I didn't think it was going to happen like this. Like they have just come out and won every game that they needed to. Um, that has kept them in this position. And I think when you look at what this means for the rest of the West just makes it that much harder yeah for real uh listen to tampering where they talk a lot about the kings they talk about some luck that the kings have gotten currently they they are in oklahoma city they played sunday and they've been staying here because they play in oklahoma city again tomorrow night but probably both without shea which is uh it's a little bit of luck there but you know what sometimes you need some luck uh to be on your side to get through the west certainly looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Let's move on to Philadelphia, where the Heat beat the Sixers 101 to 99. This was a this was kind of an interesting one. Jimmy Butler was really good. He led the way with a near triple double, 23, 11, and 9, and four steals. The Heat really, every time they got punched by the Sixers, they punched back. And they led through most of this game. I think that the Sixers took a lead by one point after a James Harden free throw, and that was the Sixers' first lead since like the beginning of the game. I think there was a minute and a half left. And you wondered, like, is that going to be the death blow for the Heat? But it was not. 
the Heat continued to just respond throughout this entire game. It felt like the Sixers would make like this little run. You're like, okay, here it comes. And then the Heat would just push back. Uh, I was so impressed with just the resilience of this Miami Heat team, man. Yeah, I mean, exactly like you mentioned. Shout out to Cody Zeller. That that that, that chase down pin on on Joel was unreal. Like yeah. I was not expecting that. He gave them really no. good minutes tonight. Honestly, yeah. like he played, yeah, he he played sixty minutes was a positive. His box score is not anything crazy, but like he just was a good presence for them and was big and in the way and can screen people open. I think that was the biggest difference that we saw in Miami's offense tonight. That I think we have it for large stretches of the year. Like even with them. Um, you know, struggling a little bit inside the arc. Like, Bam didn't have his best game. I thought he was pretty good defensively, but yeah. the, the offense wasn't there for him. But Kevin Love and Cody Zeller screened open everything for for them to get downhill, particularly for Jimmy Butler, who was – I mean, it's one of the best games he's had in a minute, like, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. Like, again, like, the box scores always pop, but it felt like he really just had control tonight. And I think a lot of that comes down to, obviously, his own play, but that as well. Um, Gabe Vincent – just seems to always play well against the Sixers. Um, wasn't as good in the second half, but was huge yeah. in playing their their first half offense. Max Struess got it going a little bit. Victor Oladipo had some really big plays all around tonight. Yep. Um, they just kind of just like scrunched together enough on top of a really great Jimmy Butler performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me was defensively. Like their defense tonight was awesome. And I think yep. it's important just looking at why. I mean, to me – the reservations I've had with the Sixers team, I think a lot of people bring it up to James Harden, and it's not on, on James for me. Like, I, I don't think that he had a special performance or anything. I thought he was pretty good. Obviously, I mean, you know, only 5 of 14, but got to the line as well. But um, the issue just is P.J. Tucker, man. And I don't want to just put this all on, on one person. That's not fair. P.J. Tucker, in the right role, can do good things and be a positive player. But, I mean, Miami just ignored him all night tonight. Like, the, yeah. it – like so often, Joel and and James are seeing three on twos because, I mean, PJ Tucker's just left alone in the corner or above the break, and he don't care. And the, I mean, the same issue happened with the Anthony Melton. The Anthony was at least willing to shoot it, but they were sagging off of him. Uh, George and Yang could not hang defensively tonight, so he only played seven minutes. Um, I would have probably liked to see them do things differently with you know just J- Jalen McDaniels' minutes, maybe playing PJ a little bit less. Tobias was pretty quiet as well. It's just they really needed a lot more from their surrounding cast, and I think it shows you. This is not to say that I'm at all out on the Sixers. They've been really damn good this entire year, but they need much more from their surrounding cast. And, and that's to say, I mean, like Tyrese Maxey was arguably their best player tonight with what he put forth. Um, but fouling out, like, again, you just see, like, they really have limited offensive firepower out of their top three. And when they're not getting – just that that threshold that they need, it can really hurt them. Yeah, I thought Maxi fouling out at that critical moment in the game really kind of cost them. I mean, it was a big reason they were even back in it in the second half, the way that it was going. Without a doubt, they needed a change of pace, and he always brings that. And him going out hurt. You know, Melton missed like a bunny there at the end, too, that could have helped them. There, there were just like these little tiny moments where – the Sixers really couldn't just get over the hump. And a lot of it, to me, was just Miami. It's their defense, and it's just their ability to just get shots when it mattered. This yeah. is obviously a pretty low-scoring game, 99-101. to 101, But you have to credit the Heat. And this is why, like, I can't bury the Heat. <laughs> like, I just can't do it. Just because they just have this, like, resilience within them, and they really show that tonight. 
Let's move on. This this makes it six in a row for the Knicks. What has gotten into the Knicks? They beat the Celtics. There's no Jalen Brown in this one, but they beat them at MSG 109-94. Julius Randle, man, was awesome in this one, 23-7-4. Then Emmanuel quickly. Shoot, man. This guy, this guy deserves some love. He deserves some six-man-of-the-year buzz. Uh, more than buzz. Like This guy's been incredible all year on both ends. 23-3-2 off the bench for them tonight. Uh, the Knicks held the Celtics to 9 of 42 from 3. The last time the Celtics were at MSG, they hit 26 threes. And tonight they couldn't hit any. Uh, Jason Tatum held to 14 points on 18 shots, just 1 of 9 from 3 overall. Uh, the Knicks, man, the Knicks are 8th in net rating, 14th in defense, 6th in offense, 5th in the Eastern Conference. Mark, I just ask you one question. Are the Knicks for real? I think so, man. Like this team, I was talking about this with some people tonight. Um, this team's better than than that team from two years ago when they went to the playoffs. Like they they're deeper. They have yeah, and and the the guys in their top nine are better. Frankly, like again, RJ has not had a very good season, but in spite of that, they've still been this good. Josh Hart has just been awesome for them. Yeah, like you mentioned, Emmanuel quickly would be starting for a lot of teams right now, and he's been so huge for what they do all around. Um, like. I mean, they are they're one win away from tying their win total last year already. Uh, so I mean, and that's I mean, it's it's only it's not a massive turnaround, right? Record wise, but in terms of actual on court product, I would say it is. Um, it, it goes without saying, like the Celtics were just so off tonight from three. They, I mean, nine of forty two from deep. We're not gonna. I mean, we've seen that book on them this entire season when they struggle from outside. They really just don't have it, and it helps that they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. Um, I mean, Tatum, those were the, – the last tech was kind of weak, in my opinion. Like, I thought really – it was it was kind of wild to see him get thrown out. Like, I don't think it really altered the game all that much anyways. Jason was not playing very well um, outside of his passing. But, um, yeah, that, the the way that the Knicks kind of just bodied the Celtics tonight was, was something to see, and that's what they've done a lot of this year. I mean, they've just – been physical they out rebound teams they they make sure that they get it in in they make sure they, they get into the paint and really attack the glass on the offensive end and i think that that tends to be enough for them to win on the margins in the way that they want to um really fun game from them tonight but except the last four minutes mike breen and and walt frazier were all over it like mike breen was about ready to go yell at the reps himself to just to to, to hurry up one of the reviews we had like that uh there, there was a review on a jalen brunson bucket that ended up being a marcus smart foul but also a foul on jalen brunson it took them like three minutes to review it and i thought mike breen was like about ready to throw his mic at them so it was uh it was, that was a that was a a very uh lukewarm fourth quarter in what was a pretty fun game the Orlando Magic hang on to beat the Pelicans 101-93 in New Orleans. Paolo Boncaro with 29-8-4. Markel Fultz, man, he continues to be impressive this season, putting up 14-5-5 five five in this win. The Pelicans, whoo boy, they are 5-15 and 15 in their last 20 games, and it is not looking good for New Orleans. They are barely hanging on to that last playing spot. And finally, we end with a tank battle of meaningless basketball as the Hornets beat the Pistons 117 to 106. Big shouts to James Wiseman putting up 20, 23 and seven in a big old L. Uh, 
big bummer in this one, though. The mellow ball leaves the game with a right ankle injury that turns out to be a fractured right ankle, according to Shamsharania. This is kind of a weird one. It was non-contact. He was just kind of making a dribble move and kind of puts a little bit of pressure on his ankle, and you can see him just kind of just scream and grab at his ankle. Turns out that he fractured that ankle. Uh, hopefully, he can recover quickly. You know, prayers up for Mello. And that's going to do it for today's show. Tampering is up next. Mark, send us out. Ding, ding, y'all.